Hi everyone, this is Tony. I'm the Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'll be playing Orc Fireforge, the Hill Dwarf Forge Cleric. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Dahlia Restrick, the Asimar Phoenix Sorcerer. Hey, this is Nick, and I will be playing Luvin Cromdell, the Half-Elf Alchemist Artificer. Next week will be our mailbag episode. Join us now for Rumble Squad Episode 2-6. That was the Lightning Cat. Last time, as the party finished up a few downtime activities, they eventually noticed a huge column of smoke rising from the direction of Asenthias, learning from one of his mysterious pen pals that Bai had left the town, Rumble Squad decides to head over as quickly as possible and try to put out whatever flames they could. Helping the townsfolk, the party learns of a mysterious savior, an angelic figure that seems to go around and help the town, immediately following catastrophic accidents. Deciding to investigate this figure, the party begin to head to the Big Child Inn. Alright, so you guys are heading over to the Big Child? Real quick, as soon as we step outside, is there anybody right around outside? Not immediately around that you can see, but... And just kind of turn to them and be like, okay, from what I understand before, people were under her control and didn't know it. Why do you think it's different now? She could just be a different form of control now. Are we sure it's safe? No, we're not, and I'm still on guard about the whole thing. I'd also like to point out that you guys have spoken about the savior person who seems to only appear when there's danger. I was making the same connection. I think the savior may be the source of it. Yeah, I don't like this guy. Well, tomorrow, I suspect we'll know more once uh, Oric and I can prepare some detect magic and go around and survey some stuff. Okay, if you insist on staying here that long, I think it's a bad idea, but okay. Well, it sounds like there may be a strong caster at play, one capable of doing large-scale illusions. Can I do some kind of arcana check to see what I know about large-scale illusions? Yeah, roll arcana. I mean, honestly, I'll join in too if I can. Yep, go for it. Ten. Nineteen. Dahlia, you know there are all sorts of illusion spells that exist. I like fire spells, not illusion. Let's be honest. Luvin, there are several types of spells that could cause this. I mean, even spells within, like, the third sphere of magic, major image, could create similar effects to this. On this scale, it could be multiple castings. It could be some higher level illusion spells. Knowing what I do about illusions, that part of it at least, it could have been a really, you know, master level caster, but it also could have been someone not too much more experienced with magic than we are. And you guys traverse... Uh, us to arrive at the Big Child Inn and Tavern. As a reminder, this building takes up several floors within a large oak tree. Within, it's furnished with simple items made of varying types of woods and different portraits of various people on the walls. As you walk in, it's relatively busy. There's a lot of people uh, enjoying some food. Several people look like dusty with smoke and, and some char and stuff like that on them. No one looks particularly injured, but it is rather busy. Do we see anyone that we're familiar with? I guess, do Oric and I see anyone we're familiar with? You do see Isona moving from table to table, just trying to help serve people. Kihana is there as well. The two gnome women are 
scurrying about. You also notice Avelio kind of sitting alone at a small table. Is there room for us there? Yeah. Well, do we see the the half-orc, not Grendo? Make a perception check. Can I cast Guidance on myself? Sure, since you have time. <laughs> a total of 19. Scanning the room, you see a few half-orcs. Any with, like, a limp? They are all seated. <laughs> ah. I mean, do I recognize any of them or not really? Not particularly. I mean, you guys were only in town for maybe a little over a week. So who are we looking for? Just kind of leaning over to them. We're looking for a half-orc named Thar. Okay, do, do you know who he is? Like, is this someone you're familiar with? No, but I do see a few half-orcs over there that I don't recognize. It may be one of those. We could try either the direct approach or we could try the indirect approach. We know the proprietor of the establishment. I'd like to say hello to them anyway. I I think Dahlia would just start walking over when you point out where they're sitting. Okay, you are walking towards some half-orcs, which are seated at different tables, so you're just going to the closest one. Yeah. Just going to the first one. Luvin, orc, Dahlia's walking away from you. I'm gonna kind of watch what she does. I, just as simultaneously Dahlia was doing that, I had started just walking forward a bit and kind of like, Isona, Kihana, hi! They will react first, so I'll do the Isona Kihana bit. And they just kind of turn, oh, takes a second to like stare at you. Lu- Luvin, is is that you? Yeah. You're uh, alive. We we thought you might be dead, to be honest. <laughs> well, uh, it's, <laughs> it's good to see you. It's so good to see you too. I'm, I'm glad the, the big child... Survive the, the fires okay? Yeah, we were not damaged in the slightest, fortunately. Uh, sit, please, we'll bring you some food. Oh, that'd be lovely, thank you. My friends are here too. Uh, actually, my friend Oric, who you've met, and also um, my third cousin, two, uh, twice removed, Dahlia. So jumping over to you, Dahlia, as the two proprietors look in your direction now, as Leuven indicates. Uh, hello, what can I do for you? Hey, good morning. Just came into town this morning, and uh, we're actually looking for a particular person named Thar, and I was wondering if either of you would be this Thar we're looking for. No, Thar, well, he went to, what did he say? Uh, The other half-orc kind of passed. He said that he would go investigate that uh, fallen star the other night. It was not far outside of town, but... He was curious if he could find any materials out there. So as they're talking, pull out the chair and just sit down. Fallen star, is this like an actual fallen star? Did you see it fall? Is this like have to do with your savior person? So when I see Dahlia sit down, I'll start walking over to the table. Okay. Luvin, what are you up to? They're still with Asona and Kiana who are just there. I'm asking, you know, how Felver and Remy are doing. What's new in town? Uh, if everyone's coping since, uh, you know, the old Faye left, I still refuse to say the name. Roll a persuasion check for me. Okay. 15. So they start to answer some of your questions, and I will get to some of that in just a moment. So you sit down and... Uh, no, this is nothing to do with our, our savior. If you are new to town, then you must have seen uh, the shooting star across the sky. There was a small crash a few hours away and Thar's curious to explore that to see if there was anything interesting out there. When was this? I, I would have by this point pulled out a tiny notebook and been jotting down some of the things. Uh, the crash was 
several nights ago, but with the frequent attacks, we thought it might be too dangerous to go out, but it had been a few days since the attack, so he decided to go out himself. Uh, and then, of course, this fire started all across town. Or you have arrived. So who went to investigate now? The guy we're looking for, Thar, he's, he's out investigating. But these are my new friends, and I'll motion over for them to, like, introduce themselves. Because I didn't actually get their names yet. I'm Cast... Um, Mithanme. I, and I'm Dahlia, and this is my traveling companion, Oric, and then I'll point over to Leuven, and that's my third cousin, twice removed, Leuven. Camera pan to Leuven. If I hear my name, I do uh, turn and wave back. So you're talking, and you're just hearing snippets, Leuven, by the way, really quickly, of, oh, the business has been good, we have been enjoying ourselves, it's been difficult after buys, this buy uh, seemed to have, you know, left, or whatever happened, and, you know, Remy tells the most ridiculous story sometimes. Right now she is being punished for her lies. But she was outside in danger during this fire and she had to be brought in and telling crazy tales. But Crazy tales? W what kind? Well, she started talking... I don't even know. She said she saw lightning bolts. But there's something to each their own... That's actually really interesting, because as we've been investigating the cause of these fires, we believe some lightning was involved. Do you want to talk to her? She's up in her room. I can call her. Yeah, if you don't mind. Remy! Remy, come down here! After a few moments, you look over to the stairs and just see, like, this little gnomish girl's head poke out. Yes? Hi, Remy. Do you remember us? You had the donkey. It was soft. Very soft. He's he's eating well. He's doing great. He misses you. Oh, can, can I see him? He's not here right now, but... Oh. Elaine can tell him that, that you said hi. I'll make sure that happens. Okay. Hey, I heard that you have some really fun stories about, about lightning recently. So, brief pan back over to the table. So you said that there was some kind of shooting star or something that crashed into the ground? A fallen star, yes. Or at least that's what we believe. So, timetable-wise, were we at boulders when that would have occurred, or were we still on the elemental plane? After you arrived back from the elemental plane of Earth, I mentioned you see a star shooting across the sky. Well, we didn't feel any kind of, like, rumble on the ground or whatnot afterwards, nope. right? Not that you remember. Kind of look back to them. So, Thar... What does he look like? What does he do? Why would he be interested in the the fallen star? Well, he's just interested in many things. He helps uh, Selassar out a lot at her shop. And, well, he acts like he's taller than he is, but he's about, points to Leuven, his height, long brown hair, always has a smile and seems happy. Is he new to town, or has he lived here for a long time? He's fairly new. Like within the last month? Longer than that, but pan back to Lumen. Well, I I'm, I'm not supposed to tell lies. Kind of looks pouty. Well, if it is not true, then I'll just think of it as a good story. So in this case, uh, you have you have permission, and it's not a lie. Roll persuasion. Eleven. My, my mom didn't tell you... She she was punishing me. Is it okay? 
Is is she in earshot? No, she's bustling tables because they're actually pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, she called you because I was asking. We're doing a really important investigation right now, and your information or your story could actually really help us out and, and make the town a better place. So, okay, she tell you about the lightning cat? I heard about lightning, not a lightning cat. That sounds fascinating. She doesn't believe me, but it was a, a cat, a big cat. It's really big, and then it was lightning, and then it was a cat, and then it was lightning. But she doesn't believe me. So, I start describing the form that I've seen Vashti take that is feline, and ask if that sounds like what that was. It's a cat, a big, but big, bigger cat, but not stripes, it spots. Okay, big spotted lightning cat. Big spot cat, with lightning. Where and when did you did you see the cat? It, it was after Angel Savior Man came and then left. And then there was Lightning Cat. That was today? Yeah. When did you see Lightning Cat and then where did Lightning Cat go? I don't know. Lightning Cat went outside that way. And she just kind of points. You would know generally eastward. Okay. Wow. That was a great story, and it might just help the town, uh. It will? Because my mom doesn't believe me. Can you tell her I'm telling the truth so I'm not in trouble anymore? Tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll try to find Lightning Cat. You find Lightning Cat? Yeah, and if I can, I'll even, I'll even paint a picture if possible, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I want a picture of Lightning Cat. Yeah, and, th- and that'll prove your story, it and you can tell pretty. everyone. Thanks so much for coming down and telling me your story. Mom thinks I'm lying about it. Can you tell her I'm not lying? Can you show- can you paint picture of Lightning Cat and give it to her too? I'm gonna do my best. I promise. Hey, I go back up to my room. Okay, and hey, by the way, you and your brother, if you stay out of trouble, I know that that will make Anvil really happy. Yeah? Okay, okay. I'm gonna go to my room and Scurry's back upstairs. Luvin, you can join your party by that point, who you guys have been talking a little bit. Just trying to get information about, like, the direction of the falling star and... Eastward. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's mostly it. And then probably just talk to them about the delicious food. It's good food. Yeah, so I rejoin the party, pull up a seat, bring my plate of food over, my single mug of beverage. So there's a lightning cat to the east. It's the same area where we heard that there was a falling star. Have you been talking to Remy? Yeah? That little girl tells so many stories. But what's interesting is we there is evidence that lightning was involved in the fires, so there might be some truth to this one. Believe what you want, and raise the mug and just drink some ale. I just kind of raise my mug slightly as like a half toast and do the same. It might be worth our time to try and check out the thing to the east. Although, I wonder if we should check in with Selazar first. I'm curious to learn more about the star. Something doesn't entirely sit right. Yeah, I'd like to see that she's doing okay, too. Different motives, but okay, we'll go to Salazar. Okay, so you guys head into Salazar's? Sure. Uh-huh. I say goodbye briefly to our generous proprietors um, and to Avelios. He says goodbye and hopes that you know you get to talk again soon, because he'd like to make up for the mistakes he made. I'd like to research together again for, uh, it's kind of weird to say old time's sake, but for old time's sake. I did enjoy that. That was fun to have a research partner. I don't have that out here much. <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate. I 
glance back briefly to my group. We'll try and hang out again. So you guys go to Thistle Do Nicely, arrive, the door's closed, and there is a note pinned. It just says, out gathering ingredients, we'll return tomorrow. Let's try knocking. Knock, 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 knock. There's a brief bit for a split second. Dahlia, you think you hear ding, ding, ding. <laughs> no response otherwise. No sound of footsteps. When you hear the bell, I point to it and I'm like, we made that. A bell? Okay, cool. Alarm bell, spell bell. Got it. The alarm bell, spell bell. Right. It's one of my finest works. Very confused for a second. And then she's like, whatever. And then I'd shuffle over and like look in one of the windows, looking to see if anybody's moving around inside. The only light you're getting is the sunlight. You see uh, a couple of tables, one that seems to be like front and center. Looks actually quite intricate for a table. I saddle up next to her. It's like, I that'd be one of my finest works. Look over at him. Well, look down at him. Why is it in there and not in your cart for being sold? That was the first one. I sold it off. I can always make more. You sold your prototype? Hey. Oh, she's like pinching the bridge in my nose. Like, you have no idea how business works, obviously. I can make more. Yeah, well, not if she makes more before you make more and sells them under her own name. I don't think she would do that. Well, I don't know her, so I can't say. So, anyways, looks like nobody's home. So where are we going now? We should probably head to the east. It's about midday, you said? Yeah, like one o'clock, basically. Yeah, let's go find this lightning cat. I have to get Remy out of trouble, apparently. Well, there may be this lightning cat, or there may also be a fallen star. Or a savior. Yeah, the savior, I'm not sure, is so much of a savior. But something is definitely odd about the whole situation. Yeah, said cat appeared after savior appeared today, I think Remy said. So this is, uh, yeah, savior was here today. Interesting. This town seems like it has a lot of weirdness going on. And no money. Very weird. Alright, let's go. Alright, so you guys head out of town. Things have calmed down since the fires are all put out now. Though you notice one of the pillars in the stable is no longer upright anymore. I tried. But it looks really clean. Very clean. So, you guys head out, start heading eastward. Who would like to helm the survival check? Sounds like Oric is going to be Helming the survival checks. Yes, I've got a plus one, so that that's all you, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Got a total of 17. So, with Auric leading the way, uh, you guys are traversing the woods. You're trying to use a little bit of your memory of that shooting star the other night, based off also the directions from both Remy pointing and the orcs giving a little bit more detailed description of where you should go, not being four-year-old gnomes. What? No. <laughs> what? Is there anything Dahlia or Lumen would like to do while you are traveling? Because you know it's like a couple hours. Refrain from lighting the forest on fire. That's usually appreciated. That's what I've been told. I don't understand why, though. I'll keep a general eye out for any materials that might be of interest to me as an artificer. Perception check. Dahlia, roll wisdom for me. So first, perception check from Lumen. Seven. You're looking. You're looking. You're looking. Whack! You get hit in the face by a branch. Sorry, Lumen. Uh, I miss cities. At least it wasn't on fire this time. Though, Luvin, as she says that, the other branch that she's currently pushing aside is currently on fire. <laughs> as, what was your wisdom check? Seven. Not fully aware that you just did this. <laughs> Dahlia, that's a fire. Can you put that out? Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> We're behind Oric, by the way. Yep. <laughs> so. He just walks under all the branches. Oh, yeah, he's fine. Also, the armor's pretty 
pretty tough stuff. So you continue to press along for the next couple of hours. Sun's starting to get a little bit lower in the sky. It also is at least a little less hot out. But slowly, Auric, you notice up ahead like a small clearing. The trees that are much denser seem to uh, not be in this general area. And you kind of see over a ridge this blackened earth material. Like a, a lump of it, or does it look like something crashed into Looks the like ground? something sank here. Something not huge, but something crashed here. Okay. And is it no longer there? You'd have to climb the ridge to get a full view of it, but All there's right. like a little ridge to kind of mount over. Yeah, I'll let the rest of the party know what I see and then start making my way up and over the ridge. Following along. Yep. As you crest the ridge, there is suddenly a bright light that seems to emit, and rising up from where this is, you see a glowing angelic figure, like perfectly carved musculature, long white glowing wings, a hint of a small glowing circle above this hair, like long blonde that seems to just float in the air almost, uh, as if there's no gravity. As this figure hovers, almost toga-like clothing on him, and just hovers before you. Welcome, travelers of the Rigorum. What brings you to this spot? Well, believe that a star may have crashed down here, and you might be whom. I am the protector of Cynthius. I have seen that they have needed the aid from on high, and I have come to grant them such protections. Yep, yeah, but, but what's your name? Because that's a title, not a name. I keep my name to myself, for I do not wish to be invoked when I am not needed. Okay, then I'm going to call you Bob. So, Bob, we're out here because of you and the big... Is there, like, rock under him? You notice there's, like, this black... Like, you know, you've been traveling through, like, pretty basic stone and earth uh, and all that. But this is, like, this deep black material that is uh, beneath him. Definitely, like, point to that. We're here because of that, and we're here because there's a lightning cat, and we're looking for Thar, and there's many reasons why we're out here. You're just on the list. <laughs> As I'm still waddling up, like, and over the edge of the crest, like, maybe starting to go down towards the, the rock. Uh, the, uh, lightning cat, that's interesting. What do you, and as you kind of, kind of crest, you see down below this clearly like something crashed here, and there's this large hunk of blackened rock that seems to have cracked and broken across the ground. So you notice this small crater of just this deep black rock, and you see like hints of like almost red veiny structure to it. Would I have any idea what that could be from a metallurgical or stoneworking standpoint? Looking at this, does it look like any metal you've really worked with before? Roll a perception check, Auric. It was a 14. Looking actually into the crater, you see the, you know, lines of little red and all that. But something that catches your eye? There's a larger hunk of rock that seems to have still be somewhat intact. That's the blackened material. But you think you catch a hint of, like, a silvery blue in it. Silvery blue? Like, just a hint of coloration of silvery blue. So, this angel is just floating there. Just... Uh, what lightning cat do you uh, refer to? Can I make an inside check on this guy? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm doing it as well. What are you attempting to discern? He seems to know more than he's letting on. 
about the lightning cat in particular. And just kind of like a, if he's trying to blow smoke up our derriers. Go for it. Eight. Seventeen. Leuven, wonder what this material could be used for. My mind's just racing with the possibilities. Auric, with a seventeen, he's confused about this whole lightning cat thing, but you caught as he spoke, his voice changed for a split second, and as you are studying this, you notice a slight shimmer that makes him translucent before he seems to reform. Translucent like if he... Like his body slightly turns translucent, like you see through it, uh-huh. and then it reforms back into a more solid looking state. It was a split second. Can I like survey the area to see if I spot anyone else? Roll a perception check. Yeah, that's what I wanted to look for. Just like look around. 20? Four. Auric. With his stealth check of 19. My superior dwarven eyes, what do they see, Tony? You see, trying to hide in all the dust and stuff from the crater, there is a figure who is making a very pointed effort of keeping an eye on you and the angel in front of you. And you could swear he's a half-orc. Upon this, like, Thard, I see you over there. No, you don't. The angel responds, no, you don't. I, uh, <clears throat> the angel form dissipates. And you see coming out a half-orc man, long brown hair that reaches to about his waist. Full face, cheeks are a little rosy. He's got like a little bit of a smile to his face. It seems more just that's how his relaxed expression is. He stands up straighter and you can tell like he kind of has his chest out a little bit, but he's not that big of a guy. And you see him kind of clamber up to get up to you. I don't think we've been properly introduced. I am Thar Denholm. And he does like a soft bow. It's just a pleasure to meet all of you. Who are you? You have some explaining to do. Yes, that's fine. Who are you? And what lightning cat? Yeah, hi, my name's Leuven Cromdell. I gesture to you guys in case you were wanting to introduce yourselves. Firstly, have you done anything to Selzar? No, Selzar sells me much of the material components I need for my spells. Can I inside that? Because the, the whole her being gone and him being around thing. Yeah. Total of seven. Is that a net one? It is. It is. I mean, seems like the truth. Yeah, so we're travelers. Uh, we, we were sent here to do a job. Long story. We've been here for a couple months, really, in total. We came back to Cynthia's when we saw it was on fire. We helped put it out. Yeah, I put that... Wait, you helped put it out. I put out the... No, it was still on fire when we got there. I put one out in the stables, thank you very much. He looks really confused. I don't under... Did you start the first fires? Roll persuasion. Ten. I mean, I went there to help to put out the um, fires. So as he's talking, I am going to hold out my hand and let fire just start rising out of it and take a step closer and be like, did you start the first fires? Roll intimidation. 21. He takes like a little bit of a step back. And he's kind of like at the edge of where it starts to slope down. They're not real fires. I didn't put real fires. That's why I don't understand what you mean by a lightning cat. Why are you conning the town? Before he gets to answer that, Leuven, Auric, you hear. And coming up behind you, you see 
bolting across the air behind you, moving directly towards you. As it's like, it looks like a bolt of lightning that stops briefly, and its upper body looks like a massive cheetah. While its lower body seems to be made of electricity and kind of a swirling storm cloud. As it looks upon all of you, roars and charges. I need you all to roll initiative. Dahlia, as you see, Auric and Luvin turn, you turn, like, and you're already ready for a fight. And you see this thing. It's like 45 feet from here. Yeah, so I'm going to just scuttle a little bit closer. And immediately, that fire that I had started conjuring in my hand, I'm going to just outstretch it and do Agnazar Scorchers. So a straight bolt of firewall, basically. And a straight line towards it. Uh, Dex save. It saves. So it will take eight points of fire damage. As Dahlia turns, you have this flame in your hand that, and you run forward and release a jet of fire towards this with Agonazar's Scourger. As this thing shifts slightly, it seems to turn to electricity for a moment, but it still, you can tell, takes a chunk of the flame with it. So it does hurt it. And I'm like, guys, I found Lightning Cat. It is Thar's turn. He is going to focus on himself for a moment. And you see suddenly three other versions of him all around him as he casts mirror image on himself and just says, and kind of starts to move around. He doesn't seem to be running away, but he seems to be like skirting. So you're not like all clumped, but uh, that is all he can do for now. Auric. I am going to move up. Getting on the scorched earth that is, has formed between Dahlia and this thing. Yep. Just kind of getting between everyone and I will cast protection from energy on myself. And I am now resistant to lightning. Orc, you step between this lightning cat and the rest of the party and focus your divine energy on yourself as it seems almost small bits of lightning form around your person as kind of a protective barrier. It is its turn now. It is going to go around. It just bolts to the side and bolts up closer. So it's kind of by all three of you maintaining about five feet from the closest one of you, uh, closest to you, Dahlia, as it looks around at its targets. I need all of you to make dexterity saving throws. 15 total. Rolling lots of sevens lately. Four. All right. Dahlia, you save. So you take 12 points of lightning damage. Auric, you also take 12 points of lightning damage because you're resistant. Luvin, you take 24 points of lightning damage. Auric and Luvin, as electricity courses through it when it stops, bolts shoot out from it as one goes to each of you. Dahlia, you kind of like try to duck a little bit, it catches you and hurts. Auric and Luvin, as lightning hits you, it wraps and starts to clinch your muscles together. You are both restrained. And then it's going to move and be in the space with Thar, who you see suddenly like start to seem like he's getting electrocuted from it. Luvin, restrained creature speed becomes zero and it can't get any bonus to its speed. Uh, attack rolls against you have advantage and your attacks have disadvantage and you have disadvantage on deck saves. So you feel your muscles tighten as this electricity is kind of like wrapping around you, almost like electrical chains. Its, its ability is literally called lightning shackles. I'm going to cast healing word on myself. Roll a d4, plus your intelligence twice, because of your special alchemist thingy. 11 total. Luvin, you kind of 
mutter the incantation through clenched teeth and shaking arms, but you heal yourself by 11 HP. I will pull out my hand crossbow and make an attempt. Make an attack roll at disadvantage. That's an 11 to hit. You fire, and it just seems to pass right through this thing. I think you hit, like, the storm cloud bottom part of it. End of your turn. Go ahead and make a another deck saving throw. 16. You feel you're able to kind of slip out of this electrical restraint, and you are no longer restrained. Dahlia, you're up. All right. I am going to do two things. First thing is I am going to Chaos Bolt at a level three. Make your attack roll. So I rolled a nine to hit. You release this bolt as it flies out this greenish energy as it misses. Well, as a bonus action, I'm using sorcery points and I'm going to whack it anyways with some firebolt. Okay, so you're a quicken spell. Ten to hit. Fire and miss. You see Thar seems to take a little bit of lightning damage from his proximity. He is going to take a step back and you see him focus his spell casting and release a spell towards this thing. You see it like kind of flinch slightly from some sort of pain, but that is all that he is doing for now. Auric. So I will, in that case, cast spiritual weapon. So you're going to focus as your spiritual weapon. The spectral hammer appears beside the lightning cat and swing for... Does a 14 hit. 14 misses. So you swing and it just misses the creature. All right, I'm going to cast Toll the Dead. Saves. So you... But there seems to be no effect. It is its turn. Do I make a save to not be shackled? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, roll a deck save. I fail. Is that a one? That is a one. That is a natural one, in fact. Still unable to move. All right. Yeah, this creature is going to go first for the person nearest it. So you see him bite down and sink his teeth into air as one of the forms dissipates. He swipes his claws at another uh, and hits Thar. As he slashes Thar, you see pulse of electricity in the slash and just kind of stumbles back a little bit, but he does get hit again. And you see two claws just lash out at Thar, who is now looking bad. As electricity courses through him, he kind of like stumbles and holds himself all f- now three versions of him. Uh, as one of the mirrors is faded, are currently like clutching their chest in pain. Luvin, you're up. I tap my thunder phone, uh, briefly say, uh, here, uh, kitty, here kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. And I use my action to cast Catapult. I assume, based on the way that this uh, shooting star has been described, that there's hunks of rock everywhere. Yeah, so one of those is going straight at this lightning cat. It's a deck save? You're right, deck save. So, you lift a chunk of this blackened rock as it flies towards this lightning cat who shifts as the rock passes by harmlessly. I take one, a few steps, basically five feet toward the cat to continue to try and distract. Any movement from Cloudfair? Circles around ten more feet. So continues to do a loop kind of away on the opposite side of the lightning cat. Yes. All right. Dahlia. So Chaos Bolt first at level three. Attack roll. 14. 14 misses as you release this blast of energy. Second attack, firebolt. Okay, 25 will hit, right? 
A 25 hits. For six points of fire damage. You release this chaos bolt again as it just barely misses it as it's reforming. But as it shifts to avoid the chaos bolt in frustration, you release another smaller moat of flame from your firebolt, and it hits it dead center in the chest as fire erupts on it, singeing its lightning fur. Thar is not looking great. So he is puts a hand to his chest and does a different spell as his entire body blurs. And then he's going to pull away from this thing, but it is going to try and hit him anyways. As it goes to bite, you see its teeth skim this magical shield around his form, because he has mage armor, but he does pull away successfully and kind of like, maybe takes a step, not behind you, Luvin, but like angled behind you. Like, you seem sturdier than him right now. Please help. Oh, not by much, but sure. Let's let's go for it. Uh, Auric, you're up. All right, I'm gonna use my bonus action first for the spiritual weapon. Attack roll with disadvantage. So that's a nine to hit. Swings and misses. And then I will cast Toll the Dead. He saves. And then I guess the dexterity saving throw. Ten. Still can't shake this restraints. So Auric, you try to swing with your spiritual weapon, try to release the Toll the Dead, but it seems to continue to resist. And it's its turn. You look tasty, Luvin. So you see it shift into a bolt again and fly right at you. It almost like disappears and reappears as a bolt of lightning, this form. And it legitimately looks like a massive cheetah, like 10 feet long based off the torso if it were a full cheetah, with this storm cloud around its lower half of its body and two large claws and just electricity that goes up its form and back down into the storm cloud as it first goes to bite at you. So he goes to bite and you lift your shield as it kind of catches against the shield and part of your shield juts into the roof of his mouth and seems to like, you feel like a slight burn on your arm, but the electricity that is in his bite seems to course into his the, the interior of his mouth. You see it recoil in pain. As he pulls back, he goes to claw at you and scrapes your shield in this piercing sound that really hurts the ears, but does no damage to you. But he hits you hard enough that like you lose your balance, your shield hits the ground, and his other claw comes up and jabs into your gut and tears across your side as electricity courses all across your body with a crit. Oh, oh no. no! You take 39 points of total damage. I had 32, I collapse. So as this claw just rakes across Luvin, electricity coursing through him, you see him twitch and stutter, and Luvin just collapses unconscious. You guys just see blood pooling under Luvin. But that is its turn. Luvin, I need a death saving throw. 13. One success. Um, Cloudfarer, without any orders, it's just going to make sure to protect itself. We'll say it takes the dodge action. Dahlia. Chaos Bolt at level two this time, though. Actually, before I do that, Mantle Flame. Your body erupts in fire. Nine. You erupt in flame and release another blast of this Chaos Bolt that just... Your frustration and anger just hurls, but you just see Luvin on the ground and did not focus enough on the target. It is Thar's turn. You see he holds up two hands as seven small pinpoints of light appear 
and he releases magic missile at fifth level. You see seven bolts just slam into this thing one after another as it recoils initially from the attack. It's still up. It's not looking great, but he is also going to kind of pull back away. Auric, you're up. I am going to cast Healing Word on Leuven. So how much healing did Leuven get? He got six healing. Auric, through frustration and electricity, says through uh, chattering teeth, the healing word. Get up! (laughs) (laughs) As Leuven stops bleeding out and air back in the lungs. You are in pain. Your side hurts. Your muscles are twitching a little, but you are conscious. And prone, I'm sure. Yeah. For my action, I will cast Told the Dead. Saves. Of course he does. All right. So now my dexterity saving throw. Seven. Still hurting, but you're unable to move. It's resisting your Told the Dead, and it's its turn. It has not seen Luvin is conscious as it bolt of electricity over to Dahlia and Thar. As it bolts over, it looks intrigued by you, Dahlia, and it wants to see if you're tasty. So it goes to bite at you and sinks its teeth into your shoulder as flames erupt across its face. Yep. Four points of fire damage. You take 25 points of total damage, piercing and lightning. Shocked by this blast of fire to its face, it is less interested in attacking you and takes a claw swipe at um, Thar. As it swipes, you see it strike one of his mirror images and it dissipates and it swipes again and dissipates the final one. It now just sees this blurring image of Thar. Luvin. I stand up, cast blur on myself. I wonder why. Cloudfarer, 15 feet this way and attack the lightning cat. <laughs> Luvin, shakily, you get to your feet. Slight twitch in your shoulder. Focus on yourself as the rest of you see his body shift in its space. Seem to be in multiple places at once. Cloudfarer moves up and fires a pulse. It's a seven. Blast of force goes out and strikes the dirt beneath the creature. Dahlia. I'm just gonna magic missile. Wait. So I get three for the first, and I wanted to cast it at level three. So that's three, four, five. So what's the total damage? 13 points of force damage. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, so you focus five motes of light appear in your fingertips and release them, each striking this creature as its form starts to dissipate a bit. It's reforming slowly with each hit. It's looking bad, but not quite down yet. I'll go ahead and use my last two sorcery points to cast another attempt at some firebolt. A 19. Whoosh. 18 points of fire damage. Do I light it up? 17 HP. Yes. Nice. Uh, how do you want to do this? It's just whoosh in flames. After you released the magic missile to slam into this thing again and again, you, in frustration, anger, and just sheer annoyance over this stupid lightning cat, you underhand like curveball this bolt of fire that slams into its jaw and you see like almost like a a puff of gas catching fire. It just lights up in flame for a brief moment. Tornado becomes a fire tornado. Yeah. As this thing just and burns out. 
That was the lightning cat. I look at Thar pointing to the ashes on the ground. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Leuven reflects on this adventure in a letter to one of his pen pals. Two, Boren Hellemeyer, Aliabel, Kingdom of Solana, Neversaw Network Standard Shipping. From Leuven Cromdell, 19 and Chewy, year 322. Boren, I feel like it would be on brand for me to tell you about that cool fight we just had with a lightning cat, and how we saved Cynthius, and how I helped make a child's day at the big child. I do hope those teeth get brushed after all that ice cream. The story should also include my clever use of a thunderphone, a well-timed spell, and an elixir of flight. But the only story I can focus on right now is a lot more cynical in tone, and that scares me. I've come to see another side of sentience, and it's a side that I strongly dislike, at minimum. There was a trickster here by the name of Thar, after all that Bai had put the Ascentians through before finally leaving them alone, Thar dared to terrorize them with illusory problems, ones that of course only he could solve. He took advantage of everyone and elevated himself to be some kind of false savior figure, all for fame and material gain. For the first time in my life, Boren, I want revenge. So, please see enclosed for a few wanted posters of Thar. I'm sketching several of them, to the point of a wrist cramp, and I don't even care. It's not nearly enough. I want these posters plastered in every public forum imaginable. I want him unwelcome wherever he goes for what he did, and for what he would do to others if left unchecked. Thar and Bai really are two of a kind. They trample on whoever they can, just because they can. Knowing they and others like them are out there gives me a whole new reason for adventuring. Innocent people who can't protect themselves need someone in their corner. I guess you are right about me finding new inspiration as I go. I rate Innocentheus. Leuven. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written. Or check out our website, dndraw.com, and feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Well, only one way to find out what happens next time. See you then. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermette, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.